0: Hello, dear restored mamas. Welcome back to another episode of Restored Mama. Boundaries are hard, so hard, every aspect of them. But when it comes to setting boundaries with our kids, it's a whole different ball game. They whine and cry and know just the buttons to push when we have hit our limit and we're done. Somehow, our kids just know when we're done and we can't handle anymore. They push that button just right. And we give in because we're so tired, irritated, frustrated, or just plain worn out. They figure this out at such a young age, don't they? Our kiddos need discipline. Even the Bible talks about disciplining our children. They need lines to be drawn and they need consistency. All while doing this in love. The combination of all that can be so difficult when we're already so tired and worn out. Oh, I'll give in today because I just can't handle another minute of little Betty's whining. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Or we snap and yell because we know we can't give in. But we have had enough of Betty's whining for the day and she needs to stop. So we just lose it. Both of those are extremes that don't work very well at all. But we all get to that point some days, don't we? So how do we set these boundaries? How do we set limits and draw those lines and stay consistent? Raising kids is hard. It was never meant to be easy, but it is so rewarding. Even on our hardest days, God has entrusted the care of these precious, amazing, and sometimes irritating kids into our care. So it's up to us to care for them appropriately. Today's episode is going to address just that, setting healthy boundaries with our kids We'll explore how incorporating God-centered boundaries and principles can transform your relationship with your children and alleviate some of that overwhelm that you might be experiencing. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and brained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood, until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important, and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be Able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee. Kick up your feet. You deserve a break. Well, this past week was a bit of a wash in our home. We all came down with a really nasty flu. It was bad, like out of both ends, nonstop flu. When I couldn't go into our master bathroom, full disclosure, I was in the kids' bathroom on the toilet with James's little potty in my lap for the throw up. Can you say ew? It was a 24-hour thing. Came and went just as fast as it started but we didn't have it all at once. Caleb got it, projectile vomiting in the kitchen as we're getting ready to put him to bed. I was so thankful that my husband was home because it was nonstop cleaning, cuddling, changing, washing machine was going nonstop. <laughs> and then add on top of this type one diabetes, his blood sugar kept going low. So this poor tired boy, I had to keep him up. And the only thing I could get in him was little tiny syringe sips of sugar water just to keep him from dropping dangerously low with his blood sugars. Finally, we got him to bed and woke up the next morning with James. Ugh, vomit all over the bed. Diarrhea galore. Granted, he has had worse, so it wasn't as bad considering. But needless to say, no undies for the newly potty trained boy that day. (laughs) We went straight to the pull-ups. The rest of us were good. I thought it was going to be just the boys. And then, the next evening, it was George's turn. It's not as much work for Mama with the olders. You know, they can handle themselves most of the time, but we still need to care for them, and we're concerned. Constant check-ins and monitoring, and she has type one diabetes too, so monitoring her blood sugar, then changing out the cold washcloth on her forehead, cleaning the bed sheets, making sure she's got that trash can by her bed. Alright, kids got it. As parents, we were safe, right? Not so much. <laughs> I woke up at four thirty AM. It hit me hard. It got so bad, I had to take myself to the hospital while Johnny stayed with the kids because I got so dehydrated, it was dangerous for the twins. So they gave me IV fluids, I fainted twice while I was at the hospital, I was so dehydrated. I got the fluids, I headed back home. And the next day, my poor husband got it while he was at work. Needless to say, it was a week. But we were all over it now, woo, we're back to normal, house is getting caught up, homeschool stuff is getting caught up, work is getting caught up. And I'm slowly getting caught up on sleep again. We made it through. Today has nothing to do with being sick. That's just a family update. It was quite a week. But we're talking about boundaries again. Boundaries and healthy limits with our kids. Last week was packed full of so much information. Today's going to be a little more basic. Down to the basics. If you want to hear more specifics about what boundaries really are, some pain points associated with them, I addressed all of that in the beginning of the last episode. So what does the Bible say about boundaries with our kids? While the Bible may not mention the term boundaries in the context of parenting specifically, that I've been able to find at least, it provides principles and wisdom that can really guide us parents in setting all of those appropriate limits and creating a healthy environment for our kids. This sets them up for success in every area of life. Boundaries are crucial. First, we need discipline with love. We've talked scattered throughout the podcast about discipline. Discipline is part of boundaries. They go hand in hand. If they don't follow the boundary set, there needs to be consequences. And that is the discipline. Sometimes it's natural consequences. Sometimes it is enforced consequences from parents or other leaders in their life. Each family disciplines in its own way. And I'm not here to tell you what works best for your child. Each family and each child is different. I'm great at helping you figure it out and to work through those challenges and figure out what works best for your child. But I do know the discipline we do for our children, no matter your discipline style, it needs to be done in love. Spanking? I'm all for spanking. The Bible says don't spare the rod. But when you spank, don't spank in anger. Wait until you're calm so your spanking is done in love. And then you have an age appropriate conversation about why the spanking occurred. That is how you combine the discipline. You spank and you have a discussion. And sometimes spanking doesn't work. Spanking never worked for Georgia. She could care less. So we did other things. Do you know what the root word of discipline is? Disciple. Looking all through the Bible, when Jesus disciplined his disciples, it was always out of a loving correction to better them, to help them grow, to help them learn. Thus, creating disciples. That's what we're doing with our kids. Now, I'll be referring to the Bible a lot in this episode because I want to really bring in what the word says about discipline and boundaries and setting those limits for our kids. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, whether you discipline with spanking or you discipline in other ways, that is up to you. But the Bible clearly states that we need to discipline our children. And that is how we show our love. This first emphasizes the importance of discipline, but it should be done with love and care. Discipline involves setting those boundaries, guiding children towards that positive behavior that they need. So we spank, we do timeouts, we take things away, sometimes it's just a heart conversation about the way they're behaving and why it's not okay. Discipline in our home is very situational, but we always make sure we ourselves have calmed down first before we do anything. Now, sometimes it doesn't quite work out that way. We are human, but that is something that we are very intentional with. Sometimes discipline has to wait because we're not calmed down. I say, "Mommy needs a minute so I can be kind. I will be right back and we'll deal with this. I take myself away from the situation. I take a breath, pray for a moment if I need to. And then I go back in calm and discipline according to the situation. Teaching and training is another part of making disciples. Already, there's some commonality. When we're raising our children, we're creating disciples. Have you ever realized that? Proverbs 22, 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. This doesn't mean that they're not going to stray or make mistakes, but God promises they will not turn from the way they should go. Parents are called to guide and instruct their children in the ways of righteousness in godly lives. This involves setting those clear expectations, those boundaries that align with biblical principles that we're going to talk about in a moment. But it's our job as parents to teach, to train, to raise up our children in the ways of the Lord, to make disciples. Our kids, they are actually his. He has just entrusted their care into our hands. So we need to be responsible with what he's trusted us with. He's trusted us with our kids and they are his, so we need to treat them accordingly. Sometimes, do you treat your friend's kids a little better than yours if they're doing something wrong? I know I am guilty of that. If one child that was one of my friend's kids was doing the same exact thing that my child was doing, I would probably handle it a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more love sometimes. And that's convicting, because we need to look at our own kids in that same way. They're not ours. They're God's. They're God's children, and He has just trusted us with them. So if you're thinking in that light, what would you change in your parenting? The Bible talks about correction and instruction along with discipline as well. Second Timothy three, sixteen through seventeen all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Scripture is seen as a tool for correction and instruction. Us parents, we can use these biblical principles to teach and guide our kids in understanding right from wrong and how to live a godly life. But that means we need to know the word too. So get in the word. Parental responsibility is huge. It is our responsibility. Proverbs twenty nine seventeen: Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Parents are entrusted with the responsibility of disciplining and guiding your children. Establishing those boundaries is a key aspect of fulfilling this responsibility. The Bible talks about it all throughout scripture. It's important to the growth and maturity of your kids. When they get out on their own, you're not going to be there to help them anymore. We need to prepare our children, and that means guidelines, rules, boundaries, lines to be drawn, and loving discipline to show them right from wrong. As a parent, we need to model that behavior. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instructions of the Lord. Parents are encouraged not to provoke their children, but to bring them up with training and instruction. Modeling that behavior and the values that you want your children to adopt is important. And that is how you set those boundaries. You know that old saying, do as I say, not as I do. This doesn't work as parents. We need to model our expectations for our kids ourselves. We don't allow cursing in our home. The Bible speaks about foul language. So that is a boundary that we have set, not only for our kids, but for ourselves. If we're going to tell them God doesn't want them to speak that way, what kind of example does that set if they hear us speaking that way? Well, the Bible provides these guiding principles. It's also really important to seek discernment. Pray and prayerfully consider your unique family dynamics. Every family is different. Adapt all of these principles to those specific situations. Like I said, each family, each child, each situation is different. That's why you need to stay calm and pray. Stay in the word. God will give you direction and guidance on what your child needs in that moment. That's why our discipline varies based off the situation because Depending on the situation, our child might need some different type of discipline to really get to their heart. He knows better than we ever could what our kids need. God's grace and God's wisdom are essential as we set these boundaries and raise our kids in the way that honors God. Alright, so the Bible tells us that we need to set those boundaries, right? We need to discipline and love and all those things. But what if we don't even know what boundaries to set? What's realistic? Well, guess what? The Bible talks about that too. I've got some verses. Setting boundaries for our kids that align with biblical principles involves incorporating God's teachings into the way that we guide and nurture them. Who would have known? Remember when I said that we need to know his word too? This is why. If we don't know what the Bible says, it's so hard to set boundaries or discipline using the Bible as our guide. There's lots of examples of boundaries for children rooted in biblical principles. I just love how God guides us in every aspect of our lives from the scripture. It truly is amazing. If you haven't figured that out yet, get in the word and you are going to be amazed. So these are some good boundaries to set as you work through the nuances of your family based on scripture. You ready? Respect for authority. The boundary for this would be teaching your children to respect authority figures, including parents, teachers, and elders. Ephesians 6.1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. My kids are great with this. I'm actually very proud of how we've raised them to respect others. Georgia has had some problems lately with her respect for us as parents, though. She's totally amazing with any authority around her. It's just us as parents. It's a new thing. I don't know where it came from, how it started. Maybe it's hormonal. Maybe it's her testing her limits as a preteen. I don't know. But we've had lots of discussions, discipline of all sorts. But what we are doing now is just talking. For this situation, discipline hasn't helped. We've tried it all. What I realized as I prayerfully considered it, it's a heart thing. She needs to change her heart before the actions will change. For our homeschool, we always add in some Bible to it. We always talk about the Bible and how everything relates to God, right? We've been learning the Ten Commandments, and one of them is to honor your father and mother so you may have a long life on this earth. That's the fifth commandment. I use that to show her God's heart, what he wants from her, and what we're working on changing in her heart with the respect towards us. I'm starting to see change, but it's not going to be overnight. This is where prayer came in. I would have continued to discipline over and over and over. I would have gotten more and more upset at not seeing the change that I expected but God knew what she needed. If I hadn't sought him on the subject, I'd just be spitting my wheels. But it turns out we just need to address her heart. The next one is truthfulness. The boundary would be encourage honesty and discourage lying or deceitful behavior. Proverbs twelve twenty two: the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. I want to be trustworthy and I want my kids to be trustworthy. This was never much of an issue, but there were a few instances with Georgia that we had to stop pretty quickly. The simple things like, did you brush your teeth? And she'd say yes when she actually didn't. Those little things. We would just follow through, making sure she brushed her teeth, teaching her the importance of brushing teeth, why we don't lie about it, all the things, let the dentist talk to her so she heard it from a professional, all that fun stuff. And then if it continued, there would be more consequences, but it really never got too bad. But there's this one moment that I remember a few years ago. She was at the ranch that she used to do riding at right before we got our horses. And they had a Saturday camp. So she would go most Saturdays. By the end of the day, this one day, the owner noticed Georgia's name written on her nice fabric tablecloth. So she asked Georgia if she wrote that. And Georgia easily just said casually, no, I didn't do it. We all believed her because she doesn't lie, right? She's an honest, trustworthy girl. The owner went to the camera recordings that that she had of that area to find out who actually did it. Guess who was there? Left-handed and all, writing Georgia in big capital letters on the tablecloth. Yep, it was Georgia. <laughs> Discipline was harsh, needless to say. She was grounded. She had to do weeding for the owner on her property. She had to take her own money, go buy a new, nice, tablecloth. And I made sure she got one that was nicer than the one that she ruined. And she had extra chores at home. It was a whole big thing. And then along with all the punishments, we had a talk about why that wasn't okay. What would have happened if she had just told the truth in the first place? And why we don't damage other people's property? Why we don't lie? There were a lot of things that were involved in this. And she hasn't done it since. She learned her lesson, but we had to stop it right then and there. And I think the worst thing was she continued to lie about it. It took a few days to get the proof from the cameras. So we didn't know. And I kept asking her, you really didn't do it? Do you know who did it? And she kept lying. So this was a continuous thing and it was very intentional. Next is kindness and empathy. The boundary is promoting kindness and discourage harmful actions or words towards others. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is hard for even us as adults sometimes. Some people we feel just don't deserve it, right? The person that cut us off at the intersection and we missed our exit, why should we be nice to them? (laughs) They were totally rude and disrespectful, and that's where road rage, rage comes in, right? The person that jumped in front of us in the line at the grocery store when we're already in a hurry and our kids are screaming and driving us crazy, we just want to get out of there. Then they gave us a dirty look like it was our fault. Kindness is the last thing that we want to do to them, right? Or take it a step further. That friend that said something personal about you and it spread all over, it got distorted, and now you're hurt and you feel betrayed? Yep, we are still supposed to forgive them. Now, this is a whole nother episode in itself, but it doesn't mean if someone did something horrible and you just can't trust them that they need to be a huge part of your life still. But you do still need to forgive them and be kind. You can keep them at a distance. But you need to be kind, even when it isn't easy. Jesus was betrayed over and over and over, and he still gave up his own life on the cross, which is the most kind and compassionate thing he could do. Maybe we could muster up some kindness and forgiveness. But all that aside, your kids are going to see the way that you respond when someone hurts you is rude or disrespectful, or you get cut off at the intersection and that road rage wants to come out. You want to model a godly response for your kids. You want to show them God's way of treating others. But we want to teach our kids how to have that kindness, that empathy towards others. Self control. The boundary teach children to manage their emotions and impulses. Oh, it's a hard one. Galatians five, twenty two through twenty three. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is difficult for kids who are learning how to manage their emotions, no matter their age, and even what emotions they're actually feeling. This is where patience and guidance from us parents is so important. As our kids learn how to manage their emotions, their impulses, we can guide them in the healthy ways to do this. James is newly three and has some massive impulses that he is learning to control. Something that I didn't have to deal with Georgia when she was three. I don't remember her having these major impulses of just doing it. We have our boundaries, and he knows that when he has crossed those, before we even say anything, he knows. But there is always discipline appropriate to the action so he can learn how to control those. For example, yesterday, he was throwing, we were playing with those magnetiles and building a house for all of his little cars, and he decided to pick up a few and start throwing it. He threw one and I said, no, James, we don't throw our toys. He looked at me and he threw another one. Total disrespect. (laughs) Impulse went out the window there and he threw several more. So he went in timeout and then he calmed himself down. Usually when it's an impulse control thing, he needs timeout because he needs to gather himself. Nothing else works in that moment. So he goes to timeout. 3 minutes because he's 3 years old. He comes back, he's calm. I say, "Okay, now you need to pick up everything that you threw and put it away." So, he came back calm, picked everything up, put it away, and he had to come and say sorry for for not listening. And it didn't happen again the rest of the day. Now, it's probably going to happen again today because that is something that we're working on, and he hasn't learned how to manage his emotions or his impulses. But I have to be consistent with that discipline with him every single time. And he knows. He is well aware, and eventually will get those impulses under control. Respect for others' property. The boundary, and still the importance of respecting others' belongings and not stealing. Exodus twenty fifteen: You shall not steal. Simple. I don't think there needs to be much more elaboration on this one. Respect what belongs to others, but also our children need to learn to respect their own property too. They've been blessed with what they have, and they need to show respect for it couch. It's a nice couch. It's one of the very few pieces of furniture that wasn't given to us or purchased secondhand. And we purchased it when we first moved to Idaho. We don't let our kids jump on the couch and their actions on our furniture's hand-me-downs or purchased. It doesn't matter. They need to show respect for that because whether it is something that we have had for years and it's all broken down, we still show respect for it because it was a gift. It's a blessing to our lives. Now there are many ways to show respect for the property, yours or others. There's many ways to show it, in actions, and words, in honesty, by not stealing. And I'm sure you can come up with so many more, but it's something that we need to instill in our children. Respect for others' property and respect for your own property. Gratitude. The boundary is encourage a grateful attitude and discourage entitlement. Oh, this is a big thing of mine. I see so many kids out there these days that just act so entitled and it drives me crazy. It really does. Now, I'm not judging other people's parenting. There's moments I'm sure my kids are acting entitled, and I don't realize. But as soon as I see it, I will nip it in the butt because my kids will not be entitled. No matter how much money we have or how blessed we are, they're going to learn the importance of working for things. And they're going to know gratitude. First Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Whether you have everything and more, or you feel like you're lacking, When your kids are jealous or ungrateful, that's a boundary that needs to be drawn. We need to teach our kids to be thankful in every circumstance. It's really hard, and it's not something that is easy even for us as parents. But if we can teach our kids that now, at a young age, they will have a much easier time showing gratitude when they get older. The other night, my father-in-law came over for dinner, so the seating arrangement at the table was a little different than usual. Georgia wasn't happy about that. She made it very clear. She actually sat at the kitchen island and cried because she didn't want to sit on the hard bench. She started complaining and arguing about how the seating should be. I tried to explain to her that the reason people were where they were at and it was just for the short dinner and she just wasn't having it. She didn't want to hear it. She was not happy. The attitude continued, the crying continued. Now, I'm okay if she needs to cry. Emotions are emotions. Feel it and then move on. But when she starts complaining and arguing over the seating at the table at 11 years old, she, she needs to be able to control it. My patience isn't very long. I had a calm discussion with her. And when it continued, I elaborated on what the Bible says about complaining. And funny enough, our message at service that, because this happened on Sunday, our message that morning was about complaining. And so I reminded her all about that. And how she's welcome to state her opinion, but the complaining and arguing has to stop. The longer it went, the shorter I got. I finally reminded her very firmly of the boundary that we've set for gratitude and complaining in our home. I gave her two options. You you can go eat by yourself in your room, or you can come to the table and eat dinner with the rest of the family without complaining. She chose the latter. Very reluctantly, she did. I should have reminded her of that boundary sooner, but I was trying to be understanding. She was hungry. She was tired. But the understanding eventually had to stop and the line had to be drawn. And she reluctantly ate dinner on the bench. After she ate, she was feeling better. We got her a pillow to sit on so it wasn't hard. And it could have gone so much better had she not complained. All right, next is healthy screen time limits. Set limits on screen time to encourage a balanced and wholesome, imaginative lifestyle. We all want our kids to use their imagination, right? Philippians 4, eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. It's hard to think about these things when you're watching TV. If you know me at all, you know I don't like the TV. I would toss it out the window some days if I could. I do enjoy sitting and watching a good show or movie with my family, but overall, it just causes frustration. I am very adamant that my kids don't sit in front of the TV. They need to get out. Use their imagination that God gave them. Explore, learn, have fun. Now, they're not totally TV free. They do get to sit and enjoy some shows here and there. But sitting in front of the TV squashes all of that fun, imaginative and learning and exploring. It squashes it. And oftentimes it just causes attitudes. All right, last one. Respect for others' bodies and boundaries. The boundary is teach importance of respecting personal space and boundaries. Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This starts early on. Don't hit your brother. Share the toy. She doesn't like that and asked you to stop. That means you stop. The basics when they're young, right? But as they get older, personal space... And as they date, what physical and emotional boundaries have that girl or boy set? How do you respect and honor that? What does the Bible say about that? The simple things like situational boundaries. Boundaries are different and oftentimes just implied in the workplace versus a family dinner or at a bowling alley, things like that. Treating others the way that we want to be treated is crucial. It's what many call the golden rule, right? And we tell our kids this rule starting at such a young age. But what boundaries have you placed to help them learn how to actually model this? And are you being consistent? These are all large, broad boundaries that I talked about. The little things throughout the day are what fit into these boundaries. Your kid goes to school and forgets his lunch, even though you reminded him five times before you walked out the door this morning. The boundary needs to be set that he is responsible, if he's old enough, of course, for that responsibility. You forgot your lunch, you deal with the consequences, you were reminded. He won't go hungry. Schools have hot lunch still. I'm pretty sure we homeschool, so maybe things have changed, but I'm pretty sure they do. Or if you homeschool and you reminded him that he needs to get his jacket before you go tour the state capitol because it's cold outside. He forgot it, though, and he has to deal with the consequences of being cold until he gets inside the building. Some boundaries are small like that, but they have big results. I bet your child will be less likely to forget their lunch or their jacket again because they experienced the consequences that came with it. If you draw those boundaries and stick to them for the big and the small things, it's hard in the moment. You want to just save your child the pain, right? Small pain or big pain, we don't want our children to feel that pain, but sometimes they need to to learn those boundaries. I could have easily rearranged the seating so Georgia was happier at the dinner table, right? But we won't tolerate complaining and arguing. I even told her when she calmed down, I said, "Hun." If you would have come to me in a discussion tone rather than complaining and arguing about it, I would have been happy to rearrange the seating. I didn't realize you didn't like sitting on the bench so much, and it would be an easy fix. We could have rearranged it. But because you were complaining and arguing with me, it didn't end that way, did it? So I showed her how the situation could have gone differently. These boundaries, grounded in biblical principles, help children to develop a strong moral and spiritual foundation, which is crucial. For their future, it sets them up for success in every area of their life. As parents, it's important to model these principles, remember. Reinforce them through consistent teaching. Provide an environment where children can grow in their understanding of God's love and guidance. Let your home be a guiding, loving home. Contrary to common belief, setting boundaries doesn't mean distancing yourself from your kids or being harsh or rude or military like firm in your home establishing healthy boundaries can actually strengthen your connection with your children learn how to communicate these boundaries in a way that fosters the understanding trust and love when a child knows these boundaries it's easier to set and keep those boundaries even in the hard circumstances because you've already set them they already know remember when i told you about george's lying situation with the tablecloth It was not an easy discussion that we had. She was plenty old to know the action itself was not okay, but the lying was even worse, and we had a serious but heart-to-heart talk about it. And after that, it was clear she knew she was safe to talk to me. She might get in trouble when she told me the truth, but it would never change how I feel about her, and we grew closer after it. It draws you together. The key for setting boundaries with your kids is to be on the same page with your spouse. Set the boundaries and tell your kids, Let them know what they are, and if you're changing some of the boundaries because you realize what you've been doing isn't working, then sit down with them and have age-appropriate discussions to let them know so they're prepared for the change. If they aren't prepared, they don't know things are going to change, and it's going to make it much more difficult for everybody involved. There's going to be so much pushback if they aren't prepared. Then once they know the boundaries and you're on the same page with your spouse, you have to be consistent. If you aren't consistent, your kids are going to get confused and it will be that much more difficult to enforce all of those boundaries set when the time comes because they don't think it's a hard line. Or they know when you're irritated, you're tired, you're frustrated in a weak moment. They can sniff it out and they will be quick to act. Kids know, even the young ones, they know when they can get away with things. So be consistent, no matter how you're feeling in the moment. Remember that setting healthy boundaries with your kids is an ongoing process rooted in love and God's guidance. It's an opportunity to create a home filled with joy, with peace, and with purpose. We will go through setting boundaries, how to set them, how to keep them, and all the struggles that go with them in detail in the Restored Mama Method. Doors close tomorrow. The 29th. It's the very last day to get in on the 2024 round head over to restoredmama.com for all the details or shoot me an email at restoredmama podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions i hope today helped you with setting those boundaries with your kiddos and i will see you next week